What is up, everybody? This is Tanner from TamanBaseballFan.com, broadcasting from the parking lot of my son's jiu-jitsu class gym. And uh, it's been a long time since I've uh, done a podcast from here, but uh, gosh, you know, I'm not even really sure I've got like a, um, a big topic that I really have something just burning inside me to talk to you about. I just really kind of <laughs> want to blow off some steam and talk some baseball cards just because of a you know crappy day. I basically lost an entire day's worth of work. <laughs> I was working on a website, uh, doing some optimization on it and uh yeah some some things crashed and some things didn't go so well so we had to do a restore uh from last night so uh not fun so anyways uh some of these podcasts i do obviously are going to be uh educational um some are uh for entertainment and i understand that regardless of what they are for a lot of you out there listening it's really just maybe uh, some background noise or just something to listen to uh whenever you're doing something like driving the car or, you know, working, you have this going on in the background. So try to keep this somewhat interesting, I guess, if I can. And if not, just feel free to shut this off and go to the next, <laughs> go to the next podcast. Hopefully it's mine. Um, but uh, anyways, so yeah, I wanted to talk a little bit about my, uh, uh, an update in, in my selling here. So I've been talking about this quite a bit the last month here. Uh, the importance of really just kind of having, um, really just baseball cards that I love. And really, when it comes to any type of collectible, I don't want to have, uh, you know, some, oh, I don't know, uh, just cards I don't really care a whole lot about. Um, hmm, I think my phone kind of shorted out there, but uh, I gotta get a new phone, guys. Anyways, uh, I'm not sure what, uh, uh, what was captured here and what wasn't. But anyways, it's talking about how I don't want to have cards that are just like nothing. You know, they're just like, okay. I want to have nothing but like cards I love. And if I don't love them, I don't really want them. Um, and so part of that uh, is really, you know, trying to figure it out. Like half the game is, is really trying to figure out what you do and love and what you don't love. Uh, you know, sometimes you'll buy cards because you love them because you saw them in your friend's collection or you saw them on Twitter or you saw them on eBay. Uh, and then you might find them, uh, you know, you might find one to pick up and buy and it'll stick in your collection. You might go, huh, I don't think I really like this card. It <laughs> happens to me so much, like with everything. Um, I'm actually doing this with some uh, Transformers right now too. It's just uh, kind of funny how it goes. I did this with a Conseco card I uh, talked about a while ago. I uh, I bought it and, uh, you know, a few years ago, I was excited about it, had my sell off. So I sold it and I was like, oh man, I wish I kept it and, you know, bought it back from the guy that I, uh, uh, sold it to originally traded it away to somebody else because I go, ah, you know, this doesn't really look all that great, uh, for what I'm trying to do in my collection right now. Um, later on ended up getting it back from that guy so and that's in my collection i like it um but a lot of the reason why i like it is because of the journey it's you know kind of taken which is kind of fun but uh yeah i don't know it's just that's how it goes sometimes you're not gonna know uh what you really really love as far as cards go a lot of times unless they're actually in your collection and that's okay and and so like i said the other night on my podcast um 
you know, that's why it's of the utmost importance for you to actually purchase at a right price. Uh, so, uh, and I'll give you kind of an example here. Let me, let me see. Uh, well, I'll, I'll take one of my vintage cards. Uh, for instance, there's a, uh, uh, Ty Cobb that I ended up, uh, picking up for, uh, I'll give some round numbers. Um, cause I don't remember. It's been, been a while, uh, been a while ago, but picked up for about a couple grand and, uh, you know, I really liked it. I really did like the card, but, um, when I've decided to do kind of another mini sell-off where, um, you know, I just want to keep the cards I really love, the cob that I'm talking about didn't really make the cut. So um, I was able to, because I bought right, I was able to make a few hundred dollars off of it, uh, which is great. I mean, it's not a, you know, it's not a loss or anything like that. But, uh, you know, with that said, I will tell you this, I have had two big losses uh, that were a few hundred dollars each in the past month or so of me selling just because I had horrible bookkeeping and uh, You know gosh that sucks. So I I've got like a, a front row seat of of what both ways feel <laughs> uh, To tell you so when you buy cards and it comes time to sell them Let me tell you it is a lot better It feels a lot better to sell them when you actually make money instead of lose money <laughs> and it is not fun i was so ticked off at myself but uh and each time like i caught myself uh before i actually um did the deal but i was like ah i can't like uh back out or anything and you know because only knuckleheads do that you know like oh i'm sorry i lost the card or this other there's a lot of people that'll do that if they uh if they you know get a better offer from somewhere else and yeah you know, i mean well shoot this happened again like literally the other night um you know, there's a uh, i sold a jackie robinson for 700 bucks and uh you know made a deal through one of the forums and all of a sudden i had an offer for 850 on uh, on ebay now after fees not stuff it wouldn't have been as big of a difference but you know i told the guy verbally i would i agree to a deal with him so I had to stick with that. Um, I wouldn't feel good about, uh, you know, going back on a deal, um, just to make a few extra bucks. So, uh, you know, that stuff happens. And, uh, you know, let me tell you though, with the Jackie Robinson, I was able to make a little money, um, either way. So that's good. Um, that's definitely good. Um, and it doesn't feel as bad as opposed to if I, agreed to lose money <laughs> with that guy versus make money from the guy on eBay. Um, but either way, the principle is the same. You gotta, you know, you gotta stick with what your word was. So anyways, all that to say, um, yeah, it is much, much, much better to, uh, sell off something that you don't like for a little bit of profit or even break even. Um, some of these vintage cars, for instance, um, them selling it's a uh, tanmanbaseballfan.com forward slash vintage dash cards dash for dash sale. Um, it's the pin tweet at the uh, top of my Twitter uh, handle at tanmanbbfan if you want to check it out that way, or just go to tanmanbaseballfan.com. Uh, the navigation uh, will have vintage cards for sale at the top. Um, so the offerings that I have have been dwindling down because they've been selling off as, you know, as soon as people, uh, you know, have uh, been able to scrape the money together and, you know, pick up 
cards here and there. So, um, yeah, I, I just sold a Nolan Ryan rookie and, and a Napoleon Lajway T206 this evening. Um, and tomorrow somebody's going to be picking up that Jackie Robinson, like I said, the 53 tops. Um, so, you know, there's there's a lot of, uh, still a lot of other good cards that are left. Somebody might be picking up the Allen and Ginter uh, partial set or possibly complete set. I'm not sure just yet. Um, and I really do like that. Like, and it's funny because it's tricky business trying to whittle down your collection into what you really love because there's a lot of gray area in it. Um, I could look at almost every card that I'm looking at selling and have justification for keeping it. But from a financial perspective, it just doesn't make sense. Um, you have know, got a Dan Bruthers, he, uh, um, 1895, uh, uh, my cut plug. And I love Dan Bruthers. Like it's just a, it's a great card of a great player and stuff, but it doesn't really fit what I'm trying to do. Um, and there's also, let's see, there's a Christy Matthewson T206 in there that I'm selling. Uh, the back has damage, but the front looks beautiful. It's the dark hat version. Um, but the thing is, is I just like the T205 a little better. And so I already have a T205, so I'm keeping it. Um, there's a couple Wagners up there also, which are just incredible cards. Somebody, and well, not somebody, but there's a number of people that ex especially want the M116. Uh, which is the sporting life. It's a BVG 1.5, um, you know, real nice condition. It's just got like a little blue mark at the top that looks like it actually could be part of the card and, uh, you know, a little damage on the back, but um, it is an incredible card, which by the way, uh, this is another thing, just a little a little tip for you guys. If, if you're selling uh, things on eBay, uh, do not hesitate and do not be afraid to use that auto decline feature. Um, I should have done this on all the cards I have for sale. It drives me nuts when uh, you, know, you have like people that uh, are trying to offer you like a thousand bucks for your $3,000 card or something. Uh, right now, for instance, the M116 Wagner, uh, I have it up for like $3,999.95 or best offer on eBay. Um, you know, clearly it's a higher price card uh, and I'm, you know, asking more for it than a lot of others that you'll see in 1.5, in a 1.5 grade. However, the eye appeal is way, way, way better than anything you'll see with that, uh, with that grade. Um, so, uh, with that said, there's, you know, somebody that writes me and he goes, uh, you know, Hey, uh, I just threw you an offer on this card. I'm basing it off of a, a PSA 1.5 that went for uh, $1,300 recently. Uh, let me know. So I check the offer. He offers $1,000. And again, I'm I'm asking about four grand for it. Um, you know, outside of fees and stuff, um, after shipping and you know PayPal fees, I actually need I need to clear three grand off of it. Um, but uh, you know the the eBay fees and everything and PayPal fees are just crazy. Uh, but understandable, it's another another story. So uh, I looked it up just to kind of verify what he was saying. And uh, you know, sure enough, there's a PSA uh, 1.5 Wagner that sold, but it didn't sell for 1,300, it sold for $1,550. And that card looked uh, absolutely like it was supposed to be a PSA 1.5. And I told the guys like, okay, so I appreciate the offer, but not really. Um, but uh, you know, 
you said the card sold for 1300 it sold for 1550 and it looks like it that card sat out in the Arizona sun for 100 years upon which time a dog uh, ate it and pooped it out like the card looked nasty um and you know look it's honest wagner i'm not going to i'm not going to say anything bad about anybody that has one of those cards in their collection but if you're trying to compare that card to uh to the one that i had that looks just you know incredible vibrant colors and you know, nice corners and everything. And, you know, yeah, come on. Especially if you're going to be uh, lying about the price and then uh, um, offering me like $550 less than that one went for. Yeah, it's not going to fly. Um, so anyways, I told them, I was like, look, I've, I've had card uh, people that have made offers close to what I need, but just haven't been there yet. It'll happen. It's just a matter of time to see who scrapes up the, the pennies first uh, to be able to get this. And, uh, you know, the guy swore at me. He's like, uh, well, if that happens, you know, I'll throw you a blinking parade. And, uh, you know, when you come back down to earth with your price, um, you know, let me know and, and I'll be a buyer then. Like, yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much, mister. <laughs> I was like, man, yeah, I, I'd be a buyer of uh, all of them that I could get my hands on for, uh, for a grand in that condition for sure. So... Uh, I guess you can't blame a guy for trying, but, uh, you know, what a knucklehead. Anyway, um, yeah, so if I had, like, an auto decline, all this wouldn't have been a problem. But that's how it goes. That's how it goes when it comes to mind selling. I also uh, admittedly have a double standard uh, for this. I'm such a hypocrite because uh, if there's a card I like enough, you know, I'll definitely, not lowball, but sometimes it'll be borderline, <laughs> and I'll I'll put out all the stops. Hey, here's what the cards sell for and this, that, and the other. Difference is, is I'm truthful with my sales uh, data that I, that I offer up. But in any event, it just, uh, it's a part of the game and you, know, you just can't let it get to you. And so, um, but yeah, I kind of feel like I'm in this, uh, you know, massive buy and then massive sell off uh, um, game perpetually. <laughs> it seems like I'm doing this all the time, um, which is okay. I don't, I don't mind it. I, I like it. It keeps the, the hobby new for me, especially if I'm doing, uh, different types of cards. Um, and, uh, yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I'm, I'm getting there. I think I've got the, uh, trying to think of what I have left. I've got the 1887 Allen and Ginter, uh, baseball card set left. The, uh, uh, 1895 cut plug Dan Bruthers. Um, let's see what else is there. Uh, let's see what else. I've got a uh, the T206 Christy Mathewson, um, the T202 Triple Border Ty Cobb, um, which is an incredible card, guys. Because like I think it's a PSA two, uh, but the majority of those will have like a crease right down the middle in that grade, but mine doesn't, uh, which is kind of neat. So there's that. Then um, uh, what else? It's hard to remember uh, offhand without actually having the list in front of me. Um, but anyways, I've got a... Oh, that's right. A 1915 Cracker Jack Triss Speaker. Uh, that's an incredible card. Uh, 1955 Bowman Mickey Mantle. I was going to say 68 Tops Ryan, but that's gone. Uh, 69 Tops Reggie Jackson Rookie. Um... I don't know if there's anything else. There's, I feel like I'm missing something. Anyways, check out the site, tmnbaseballfan.com. Um, click on Vintage Cards for Sale at the top if you're interested, and I'd be happy to 
move some of those. I actually just did a price adjustment on some of them too. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm cutting them pretty razor thin on margins um, as it is. Oh, that's right, the two Wagners. I've got the E102 and the M116 Wagner. So, uh, M116, uh, that's the one that looks like the T206. Uh, it's from 1910 and it's a BVG 1.5. It looks uh, looks gorgeous. Um, the E102, which it's tough. It's tough when it comes to these Wagners. Like I'm considering possibly keeping one of them um, regardless of which one sells. I think probably I'll lean more toward keeping the E102, which is actually, it predates the Honest Wagner T206 because it's a 1909 card. Uh, and it looks a lot more different than the other Wagner that I have. Um, so it's a uh, got a beautiful, beautiful crimson background. It's a, a picture of him batting. Um, real nice card. So I'll probably, <laughs> I'll probably actually be more upset or bummed, I guess, if <laughs> if that moves. But I just can't justify having two, you know, uh, or well, certainly can't justify having three Wagners. Um, like I do, it just doesn't make sense, especially for what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to have like one special card of each, you know, and ultimately I always thought like it'd be kind of cool to have like, uh, you know, some of the woodcuts, which by the way, I'm gonna be putting up the woodcuts for sale uh, in the near future, I think. I've been meaning to for like weeks. <laughs> and I'll just keep a few of them, but ultimately I wanna have like, uh, you know, almost like a, uh, um, a gallery or a library of kind of like the the history of baseball I would love to be able to have people to come over that are you know friends or something to say that might not know much about baseball or baseball cards and say okay here's here's kind of what I have and here's why I have it you know we're going to start with uh, some woodcuts from 1865 before there were baseball cards and then we're going to get into some 19th century baseball cards the first ones uh, that were made basically, uh, then we'll get into like, uh, um, some cards that were, that were done like just before world war one. And then, uh, you know, all the way up to what player collecting is and then show my Conseco stuff. And then, you know, what patch cards are and one of ones and all that. So I just love that idea. I just think that'd be great, but we'll see what happens. Like that's one of the things I wanted to do with my Allen and Ginter set if it doesn't sell is I might actually just frame it, uh, the entire thing, because the fronts look so nice. They almost look pack fresh and they're like over 130 years old now, I think something like that. So, um, you know, so that'd be a nice piece to be able to show off. But, you know, again, I think I could accomplish what I'm trying to do with, uh, maybe just one of the cards or some of the others. Cause I've got some, uh, I've got an old judge card that, I've, that, I, that I'm keeping of Billy Sunday. You've probably talked, you know, heard me talk about that quite a bit. Um, I also have a couple Goodwin cards, which again, I, I don't really like having two Goodwin cards from 1888 because it's the same set, but one's King Kelly and just an iconic card. And the other one is, is Captain Jack Glasscock. And I love that card. That's probably like my favorite looking 19th century card because it looks like he's on the beach or in a park or something like that playing baseball with like his bare hands and everything. It's just such a nice way to date the the time period. Like it's just so funny because it's like, you know, literally within his life, uh, you know, Abraham Lincoln was president, civil war was going on. And it's just how different 
uh, you know, time period it was. So, um, you know, I just, I love that so much. And I think that will do well, that'll serve well for uh, what I'm trying to do. Um, you know, but, and then of course I've got some of the, like I said, the T206s and, uh, I'm not really sure how many. T- yeah, I think I've got a Cobb T206 and a Walter Johnson T206 at this point um, that are not for sale. Um, I've got a couple strip cards like Shields Joe Jackson and Babe Ruth, and then some Gowdies. Got a Gowdy Babe Ruth. I sold a G- uh, Babe Ruth. Um, uh, what was that? Um, it's funny. It's like once it's gone, I completely forget. <laughs> um, it's a oh, Sonella. It's a it's a 1932 Sonella. And guys, by the way, if you want a really inexpensive Babe Ruth that's beautiful from his playing career, check out 1932 Sonella Margarine. Um, it's a it was a German based card, and it's a gorgeous uh, gorgeous card. But it can go for uh, a lower grade copy for a couple hundred bucks. So definitely check it out. Um, anyway, so I've got some Gaudi stuff of like, uh, you know, Ruth and Gehrig and DiMaggio and then of course the 52 tops mantle. And, um, so I, I feel like I've got a, uh, a good kind of feel for what I'm trying to do for what I want to do. Um, but all these other cards I'm selling, they're just kind of extraneous at this point. Um, like the 55 Bowman mantle, a fantastic card, but you know, I already have a mantle representation in the 52 tops. So it doesn't really make sense for me to keep that one. Um, you know, so I've also got, a, let's see, like a 51 Bowman, uh, Willie Mays rookie, the 54 Tops, uh, Hank Aaron rookie, the 48 Leaf, uh, Jackie Robinson rookie, 49 Bowman, Satchel Page rookie. So I've got those, um, which is why I wanted to sell off the 53 Tops, Jackie Robinson, and the 53 Tops, Satchel Page. Um, you know, and by the way, the 53 Tops, Satchel Page, and Jackie Robinson, those two cards... Oh man, I love those cards so much, but you know, it's just one of those things where, you know, I'm in what I'm trying to do right now. I'm trying to keep, uh, my collection to have like, you know, one of each, uh, one key card of each player. Um, and so I kind of have, uh, you know, <laughs> that's kind of where I'm, I'm, uh, at crossroads with my Aunt Wagner's and my Babe Ruth's because I don't want to just keep one, <laughs> but anyways, it is what it is. And, uh, you know, I'm trying to get a few others of course as well. Uh, but I think it's going to be a little bit down the road. I, I still would love to get a Cracker Jack of Ty Cobb as perhaps my only Ty Cobb representative. And uh, she'll show Jackson uh, Cracker Jack. And so what that means is I'd probably move my strip card of Joe Jackson and probably might move my T206 Cobb uh, whenever that time comes. So, um, but that's collecting, guys, right? I mean, it's just a matter of uh, juggling things. There's some people, I just talked to somebody uh, a few days ago, actually, and they said um, that they uh, they literally don't sell cards. They've sold like maybe two or three in their life in their lifetime, and that's it. So, collecting is different for everybody. For me, it's just like this uh, revolving door. Sometimes there are some cards I just do not want to get rid of ever. But then again, you know, I'll perjure myself probably about a year and you know want to get rid of them. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so. Uh, but that's how it is for me. It's I, I, I don't see these as cards that are uh, that are irreplaceable for the most part, which for the most part, that's true. I mean, of course, there's one of ones, but y'all, they make so many one of ones nowadays. Like, it's just, you know, it's crazy. So anyways, I mean, that's that's kind of what I'm trying to do. And uh, I will say this. One thing that I found interesting 
uh, I've probably, in, in all of my quote-unquote cardboard travels, um, I've found myself uh, strangely more satisfied with my collection now than I ever have been before. It's it's more diverse than it has ever has been, but like even with the Canseco stuff, like I've picked up four cards in January, uh, which is you know crazy. I, I've actually just picked up four cards in January for anybody, <laughs> so I've sold more, like way more than I have bought. Um, but the four cards have a lot of meaning to me, and they're special to me. Um, you know, for the Canseco collection, I can see myself picking up cards of his to the end of time, but maybe at the rate of one a month or something, or or two a month or whatever. Um, I'm uh, certainly not feeling. Uh, any pressure of getting all of the bat barrels or knobs or whatever. I'm, I'm trying really hard, as I said in my practicing restraint blog, uh, not blog, but podcast uh, episode, um, I want to uh, try hard to stick to just one of them. Kind of like what I'm trying to do with the Hall of Fame vintage graded stuff is just one, you know, just one of each player, one special card. So for Canseco, as a player collector, I want to have like, you know, one knob, one barrel, uh, you know, one nameplate, you know, and so that's what I'm trying to do. Now, does that mean that I'm not going to try and upgrade down the road? I might try upgrade down the road, but um, it's a big difference when you're going after like, say, for instance, a bat barrel, which by the way, sold for like 1400 bucks the other day. Um, if you're trying to go for that at and it's your only one, like you don't have a bat barrel and you want to get another one, um, or you want to you know, have this one be your first, as opposed to, yeah, I might buy this one because I want to swap it out for what I already have. Well, guess what? I'm not going $1,400 on a bat barrel card when I already have one and I only want one. <laughs> it was a nice card for sure. You know, I really like it, but I just like mine a little bit better. Um, you know, and, and all that to say, I know darn well that in the next few years, they're going to be creating cards that are better than, than what I have right now. And that's okay. It's, uh, uh, I've really kind of turned a corner over the past couple of years of realizing, you know what? You just can't have it all. You just can't have it all. You can't have the best. There's always going to be something better out there. And if it's not created yet, rest assured, it will be. <laughs> and, uh, and that's okay. You know, as long as we uh, um, understand that, I think collecting will be a whole lot more fun a whole lot less stressful um, and more exciting too because we get to see what else is coming out uh, down the corner, so down the road. But anyway, so that's all I have for you guys right now. I guess I got to get off this thing and, and start to order some uh, some pizza. And I'm going to give you like a television uh, show recommendation for all those that of you out there that have uh, Amazon Prime. Um, there is a show that me and Holly and Atticus were just hooked on. Atticus loves it. Um, it's called Leverage. And uh, it started in like 2008 or so. And the, the cast is fantastic. We love all of the cast. We love how they gel with each other. And, and you know, it's just a great, great show. So, yeah, check it out if you're interested. That's probably what we're going to do after, uh, after I grab some pizza. Um, especially since the Mandalorian isn't on anymore, sniffle. <laughs> but that's okay. I like leverage better. So, uh, guys, I hope you all have a fantastic weekend. Thanks for listening. And as you know, I don't know when I'm going to be dropping my next podcast. I just don't know. Sometimes I'll do like five days in a row with podcasts, and other times I might 
go a week or more without one. Um, but by the way, uh, before I forget, check out the Essential Credentials podcast. Uh, it's a video one. It's going to be tomorrow night, I think around 9, 9.30 p.m. CST, um, Central Standard Time. Um, the uh, the Sunglass crew is going to get back together, and we're going to have a plus one, I think. So uh, it's going to be myself, Matthew, <laughs> Matthew, I don't know I said Matthew, Matt, uh, Greg, Nate, and Alan, I think, if I remember correctly. So Alan, I believe, is a Barry Bonds guy. So we're all like 90s freaks when it comes to cards that we love and everything of player collectors. So uh, Matt is an A-Rod guy. He's been picking up uh, Rick and Keel cards as well, which is fun. Um, Greg, and I've talked, I've talked about Matt and Greg quite a bit. They're the, they're the main co-hosts over there. But um, anyways, uh, Greg's big into Tim Salmon. Tim Salmon? Tim Salmon? <laughs> something like that uh not the other not the expensive fish but the uh the cheaper fish tim salmon uh and uh, uh frank thomas is a secondary as far as baseball goes nate is big into uh barry bonds and uh i think he's i, f I feel like he gets other cards also he really i know he gets other cards i, I think he was into mcguire at some point as well but his main pc i think is barry bonds and then Alan is uh, is just getting, I don't want to say just getting in, like within the past half year or something, I think, uh, has been uh, putting together quite an impressive Barry Bonds collection himself, if I remember correctly. So, guys, check us out. It's going to be five of us. We're going to be doing some fun stuff uh, on YouTube video, I think it is, is where it's going to be streaming. So it's called the Essential Credentials Podcast. Again, tomorrow night, um, February 1st at 9 or 9.30 p.m. CST. So hope to uh, see you there and uh, hope you all have a fantastic weekend. Take care.